Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute. It's a daily podcast in which we analyze Suicide Squad by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Sydney. You can find me on Twitter at WonderSid. All righty. Welcome back, Sid. Hey. Or Sydney. I'm sorry. Which one? <laughs> I don't want to. Either one. It's good. Either one. Yeah. Um, Welcome back. Uh, you got you joined us last time. We talked about some cool Wonder Woman and Batman moments last season when we did Dawn of Justice Minute. Yeah. So if you guys are looking for that good stuff, you can go back and listen to that. 183 episodes that journey was. But today, we're talking about Suicide Squad. We're talking about Minute number 31, which is going to start with uh, Deadshot having some uh, high demands for Amanda Waller, personally. And then um, the minute's going to end with, it kind of goes back to um, Deadshot, doesn't it, right at the end? It kind of like, or no, it... Um, no, it ends a, with uh, Flag them. and Waller. Yeah, They're just talking, barking at each other. Oh, it's <laughs> flexing. You know what it is? The minute loops, and it went back to the beginning. Oh, and I was like, oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is a, this is a really good, uh, it, specifically Amanda Waller moment, because... Um, we kind of get to see her true self in this one um, through both someone who's considered a villain and someone who is considered a hero. So two different types of people um, who let her, who are later, I guess their friendship is bonded over this person who is in fact the true villain. Amanda Waller is, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, we've, we've said it before, but Amanda Waller uh, is almost as dangerous as Lex Uther if not more, because there was talk that, you know, out of everything that happened with Dawn of Justice, the reason Suicide Squad exists is because of that. So she is almost like the real victor uh, once all the dust settled kind of thing. So um, mm-hmm. like at the end of it all, she's the one who got what she wanted. Um, you know how Gold Ducat is always protected by the Cardassian military with anything that he does? Sydney, if you don't know Star Trek, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's kind of like that. She does things like the air quote legal way, whereas say Lex Luthor would come in and, uh, you know, do things maybe illegal way. Yeah, Lex Luthor, uh, he does like, he has a facade where he tries to look legitimate. Amanda Waller doesn't even try to hide the fact that she's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, she, and she, <clears throat> excuse me, she can do that because I think she is protected by the government agencies and whatnot. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. But it's because of what she's done that she's protected herself. Now, what's cool about the beginning of this minute is it kind of starts off with Deadshot. He and maybe this is now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it's because of his ability to be so accurate. But it seems like he insults both of them, both Joel Kinnaman's character and Amanda Waller at the same time because he's giving these demands and he's not looking at Amanda Waller, but he knows who's in charge. And as soon as, um, I'm totally drawing a blank. Oh, Rick Flag. Yeah. As soon as Rick Flag <laughs> is like, oh, like you're barking orders at me. He's like, no, I'm actually talking to your boss. It's like, I know that you're not the top gun here, that mm-hmm. it's Amanda Waller, but I'm not looking at her or addressing her. So it's like a double-sided insult where both of them, both of them are like, oh, okay, he's just ignoring me or talking down to me at the same time. Mm-hmm. It, like, it works both ways. Exactly. Um, and Will and, Smith does it so well, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess, in a sense, it's kind of following chain of command. 
Yeah, but if he were um, if he were showing any respect, he would address her directly. Fair enough. Fair enough. This Fair entire enough. minute is Rick Flag being taken down a peg. <laughs> I think that's the his whole the whole movie, right? Probably, yeah. But especially here, the first half of it with um, with Deadshot is Deadshot insulting him, and the second half of this minute is going to be Amanda Waller, you know, putting him in his place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with um, with Amanda Waller and and Rick Flag scene. Um, there's a moment where they're talking about, um, and I may be skipping ahead a bit. So if you guys want to double back, that's fine. But they're talking about Suicide Squad and why they're choosing to go with these band of criminals mm-hmm. to be to be manipulated into the the government, basically, and to get them uh, to start getting into like these like covert ops and like affairs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Saying that in World War II, the government enlisted the mafia to help protect the waterfront. I'm assuming the mafia was entire like was they, a real thing. Yeah, but like <laughs> they were assigned to protect what the entire East Coast or like I'm a, sure it went up this, and down. Was there a specific mission involved? Uh, probably uh, specific ports, maybe. But yeah. hey, it made it gone up and down. Every single mafia? Yeah, I don't know the exact history of it there, but I just sort of figure that, you know, the mafia is already an established organization Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. guns and, you know, connections. So I guess I just sort of figured this organization already exists. If we make a deal with them, we can get them to, I don't know, yeah, I I guess like protect areas or monitor activity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they did the the same (laughs) You seen uh, Boardwalk Empire? (laughs) I was going to say Gangs of New York. Same Uh, kind of thing. uh, Um, But yeah. But it was more government political thing than Gangs of New York. Yeah. Either way. It's like that whole thing, you know, clean slate. Like, oh, like we know you're criminals and we could definitely punish you. But, you know, why don't you uh, don't you just point those guns at these bad guys instead and we'll call it even. Mm -hmm. Um, In the case of the Suicide Squad, though, uh, it's a little even a bit more devious because Amanda Waller has complete control over them. You know, it's, it's not like, you know, you can continue your criminal operations and I'll just turn a blind eye. She, uh, she literally is forcing them to do this. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's her job to, um, to point them into it. To, to, and almost in a way from what I got in the conversation between Rick Flagg and Amanda Waller is that she is creating the issues you know like he's like this isn't world war ii we don't have we're not we don't need to do this anymore Mm -hmm. she's like no it's world war three and then she goes on to say that you know what i'm gonna have them do is up to me i can't disclose that information that that to me is like well what is the plan you know like what what is the issue here um like you know like if the plot of this movie isn't what you're getting them ready for because it, it turns into more of a, a rescue mission than what is. What yeah. It, the, let's see again. Maybe it's just a plot hole. It feels rushed and it feels like it's out of nowhere where it's like, Oh, you just decided to create this team and you just so happen to need them. Mm. Well, it's like, you know, we do find out later that she is actually trying to cover her own ass because the mm-hmm. target is enchantress, which is, you're right, a problem that she created, but she she had the same goal in mind for Enchantress as she does the squad. The idea was she was going to force her to do tasks for the U.S. government and then 
uh, Enchantress is basically a weapon that got outside of their control, and now mm. they need to get it back without making their mistake public. You got something on your mind there? Yeah, like I. It, but again, it just makes me think about like a Suicide Squad sequel, and I want to see instead of the squad and Amanda trying to clean up their own mess, they are actually doing task. You want to see them in? Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What the military yeah, wants. Yeah. I want to. I want to see them toppling governments and and <laughs> internal destabilizing. Yeah. The, I want, the and having internal and battles between themselves and right and wrong morality stuff. Yeah. That, that that's what I want to see too. But I guess in in defense of this storyline, the whole point of the Suicide Squad is they're supposed to um, undertake missions that the U.S. government can't publicly be seen supporting, mm-hmm. and covering up um, the government's mistake <laughs> would definitely fall under that. Yeah, I, I mean, my my defense for this film has always been, in in context of the DC cinematic universe, from Man of Steel to Justice League, it was okay. Suicide Squad is in here to show, and you know, this is why they have Bruce Wayne at the end. It's like, hey, you suck at this superhero team thing. I'm gonna do it better. And so, Suicide Squad was supposed to fail, in the sense that, oh, the Justice League is the perfect team like i get what you're trying to do the justice league is the better version of it mm. and so it it fails and then they make it something better it's like a prototype so if we're going back to what we said before with how the beginning should have been the whole enchantress thing and she was top dog villain number one i think it the squad would, would still work very well with them again trying to clean up their own mess instead of just having them thrown into some sort of weirdo um, what I'm trying to say is that I think it works good. It works well for a introduction to the squad. Mm-hmm. Now we know that they are still government backed, but they still have their own agendas. Um, mm-hmm. And it, again, it's just clean up mess. Hopefully the next one is just not going to be their own mess. They have to clean up. That's I think that's where I'm getting stuck on. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think maybe they wanted to. I, I think maybe the intention was it to be something a little bit more a little bit more personal for their introduction, mm-hmm. but I totally agree. Um, it's, I mean, my defense of this movie is always just that it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, there are ways it could have been better and there are certainly, you know, I, I kind of hope for a more grounded mission next time. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I see what they were, what they were going for with this one. Yeah. Cause it's all, it's all about the growth, you know, especially if the, this, inner franchise within the DC Cinematic Universe of Suicide Squad is going to go on to have sequels and, mm-hmm. and and explore that branch of these characters, then this should be kind of like a, a fumbling of like, oh, well, like, we're not a good team. Like, this wasn't supposed to be a well-oiled machine right out the gate. Like, like Amanda Waller isn't supposed to have her way. Like, we can't go ahead and start destabilizing governments. In, in a sequel, yeah, maybe. Maybe open up with the team doing what it needs to do like and it takes the government down within the first 15 minutes and that's mm-hmm. like an opener and then we introduce some new problem that got to deal with um you know what did that that second avengers movie <laughs> there you go again the more i watch it the more that's the more movie. i'm on i'm with you um <laughs> age of ultron we yeah, gotta come back like, to that oh, guy a sleeper hit a sleeper hit i don't think we're allowed to say that we can't i don't know oh. said it anyways <laughs> um but yeah, it, like w- to see that growth, that's that's what I would like to see. I would like to see, you know, this band of heroes, especially the or villains. The way the the film ends is is them kind of like 
well, I guess it's another day in prison. And it's like, then the sequels would be like, I guess it's another day of destabilizing government. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> yes, let's do that. It's like, you guys actually have a job now. Okay, get, gotcha. Yeah, and they hate it. What I really enjoyed about um, the Suicide Squad and the Task Force and whatnot um, was in the Justice League animated show. One of their episodes was just them appearing on the watchtower and them shutting it down. At one by one, they were taking mm-hmm. out the heavy hitters. And it oh, was like, yeah. yeah. That's good. That's good Suicide Squad. And it was an introduction. You kind of already were a little familiar with some of the characters. Um, but I remember Deadshot did have a, a bigger role in that. He was like the, the, the lead guy of the team. Yeah. yeah I, he, he's one of the more iconic members of the Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. too. I think he's in pretty much every iteration. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed that. I mean, if you opened up with them already at work, I believe it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm all on board, you know, yeah. and it, especially as time goes on, it's like, okay, this movie came out in 2016. Like, we're all used to who they are now. You can, you know, say whatever you want, but the film could start in a totally different tone and we'd be like, hey, I'm on board. Cause Fingers crossed for edition of Black Manta. Ooh, you want Black Manta? Yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah. yeah. Of course, that's what I want to see too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's why he's coming into Aquaman, right? Mm. Uh, well, I'm sure he's coming into Aquaman to be in more Aquaman pictures. Oh, yeah, of but course, if, if he if he ends up being just super cool in that, then yeah, I want to see him in more movies. Mm-hmm. My only like condition is I just want Katana to be like a little more. Let's push dial that, her up. Let's let's dial this up. Like mm-hmm. more, yeah. more, please, <laughs> more of that character. Or, or, you know, lean into the Boba Fett aspect of her just, you know, the way she is barely in this, but she's in it when it counts. Let's maybe dial that up. If you don't want to write more to her story, at least make her more of a badass when mm-hmm. she shows up. And either way, we can do that. We can make it work. Just make right. it work. <laughs> yeah. I think um, uh, one thing that this movie does do well that definitely needs to carry over into the other ones, like, you know, they, they need, yeah, I guess a... a a more interesting mission, but they do nail, I think the, the characters and their personalities. And, you know, this movie is sort of about them becoming a cohesive unit. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're united usually by, you know, all of them hate <laughs> being in prison and they hate what they're doing. And that's kind of something that binds them together. So that camaraderie, um, I think was one of the, the positive aspects of this film. And I, you know, I just hope to see more of that in the next yeah. one. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, we said it before, like all the actors went full out on this movie. They were Oh yeah. really good portrayals. Um, I can't think of if we've ever said anything bad. The only thing we talked about with Killer Croc was just like either go full monster or skin disease. Yeah. Um, that was the only thing where some like, yeah, one of our past guests was like, you have to go either way. You can't do, yeah. hey, he has a skin infection to... <laughs> Hey, he's also a, cannib- hey, he's a cannibal. Yeah. yeah, he's also a monster. It's like, all right, either you are part alligator or you have a skin infection. It's one or the other. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, really bad skin infection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I think it's a it's a it's a meta human level skin infection. Um, I personally have always liked the the croc because if it was just a dude with a skin infection, it it wouldn't be um, visually as out there. Um, as I think it would need to be, but do it going like full monster would kind of make it seem like, you know, how come nobody's heard of this guy before in this world? Um, that's just kind of a little bit too out there. I, I always kind of felt that he was a good in-between in this film. Like them doing the the practical prosthetics for him, I mm-hmm. thought was pretty cool. 
I love the character. Oh yeah, and I, and I love yeah. his, the makeup and his everything. dialogue. I mm-hmm. love who he is as a his personality and behavior that's written for it. I, I think we were just like just the origin is like okay, so I woke up one day, I have a skin infection. Guess I eat people now. Yeah. It's like, whoa, maybe just take vitamin A, dude. Like, just get that fixed. See well, I guess the idea is if people see him as a monster, he's more likely to become a monster. And maybe he just decided, hey, I'm, I'm just going to embrace that. I mean, the idea of maybe a, a bad person turning to cannibalism isn't too far out there. Uh, or maybe that's just because I've been watching a lot of Hannibal lately. Um. There's a there's a video game Horizon. Uh, hold on, nope, wrong one. Horizon uh, Zero Dawn. I don't nope. remember cannibalism. Nope. Un- until dawn. <laughs> until dawn. Okay. Until dawn, where if you commit to cannibalism, you start to devolve as a human and you become like this Wendigo creature. And oh. It's like, what if he? What if eating people and like and I guess bring some sort of magic or religious aspect into it? But he is cursed and as you know. He's like consumed human flesh or something, and the cannibalism is, I don't know, somehow making his disease worse or something. I don't know. Like it could be cursed in that sense, but I'm, whatever. Do whatever. Well, or just yeah, don't. It feels like he's cursed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I still like the character a lot. Um, um, but yeah, I, I've always said that the DC universe has always gotten the casting right on almost everyone. Like mm-hmm. it's it's been such a shock that since. Man of Steel, all the way to Aquaman, it's like, oh, perfect casting. Like, mm-hmm. like I am 100% on board, and it seems to be the same for... Um, Was there anybody that we did not like the casting of? I thought you didn't like Will Smith as Deadshot. I didn't like Will Smith as Deadshot at first. Now that I'm watching him minute by minute, he's growing on me, obviously. But I do like Will Smith. I just thought he was... Like too high profile? Yeah, too high profile. And the Will Smith aspect was overshadowing the dead shot aspect. Mm. Um, but like the way that he fell into the Floyd Lawson character, it 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 gels. <laughs> it mm-hmm. meshes very, mm-hmm. very well. Yeah. Um, especially for a new age Floyd Lawson. Like he's you know, the 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 new age <laughs> the twenty tens. Yeah. Instead of just like a nineteen nineties uh glorified cat burglar with guns um <laughs> and uh i i like him a lot now but there's still some times where it's like okay you're just will smith like you can sometimes pick will smith out of any movie and place him in another will smith movie and it's like yep it's the same mm-hmm. that, that matches um but now it's it's grown on me a lot more i'm starting to see more development i'm starting to see more sides of him um, and I'm very excited to dive more into it when they're in the bar. When he throws down, when when he finds the uh, the folder Ooh, yeah, of everything, that. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh that's yeah, I'm good scene. <laughs> oh, this is Will Smith's dead that's, shot. Yeah. Like that's when I'm like, oh, this is where he probably read for the part. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Isolate. Okay, I gotta save it because yeah. we'll get there one day. Yeah. See, it's <laughs> save, a, see, save we're it, still it. in the beginning aspects, and it's still again. He only had the mask on for half a second. Mm-hmm. Um, even later when he just gets the eye patch, it still works very well. Um, but again, just that him having the mask and him doing that stunt off the, the thing after us looking at it was, it was him doing it, right? Yeah. He was strapped up to it and he ran off of it. Um, it, of course, Will Smith does some of his own stunts. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> yes. now it's more believable to me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm enjoying the character and I'm enjoying, uh, dissecting it a lot more. Yeah. As of course, Will Smith like, is fun even when he's just playing Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. then like, I feel like on the opposite coin, like Harley Quinn, in my opinion, 
I know all I need to know about her. I don't want to really but dissect people don't her as know much. Her. People don't know her, so I'm going to oblige them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at the same time, like Margot Robbie, yeah, you did fantastic. It was that, great. I, I want to that... see you again. Great, perfect. Yeah, you had the perfect casting for yes. it. Uh, but I'm, I'm again. I'm just like, okay, gotcha, awesome. Same with uh, Leto's Joker. It's like, okay, cool. I got what you're, what the Joker you're going for. Next. Oh yeah, well, say like, yeah, because we'll talk about that when on Wednesday's yeah, episode. Yeah, 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 yeah that's coming up. But yeah. there's other characters that I'm more interested in and trying to find more meaning behind. And, you know, it's going to sound silly, but I'm trying to find their motive. But mm-hmm. I, we already know their motive is screaming to us in the first 20 minutes of this movie. Like, we yeah. already know everybody's motive. But I'm trying to find more into there. And I think I'm just digging too deep for I nothing. am trying to think this whole time. I've been trying to think of, is there anyone that's currently casted in something that I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm not Should've feeling it. it. Yeah, um, but and I think the only one that I am now kind of like, yeah, you don't really fit that part, and maybe it doesn't exist for some people's headcanon. But in Justice League, we see Lex Luthor again, and it's that version of Lex Luthor that mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know if this is what Jesse was signed up for. Yeah, and I don't oh, think yeah. that's okay. I don't. I mean, like. Cool, you can have your yacht, but go back to the open shirt and Banksy T-shirt it's, thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like complete. You, cool, you can shave your head, and I'm probably your head would probably look. The whole outfit would probably look better with the shaved head if you still had yeah. like the open button downs and like the yeah. slacks with the cool socks. And, and it stuff. might be the writing that was meant for that yeah. deleted scene. I was just like, okay, you're putting this character. Yeah. Shaving your head and getting beaten by Superman or whatever that doesn't. What did he lose? I don't know, but it's like. No, I don't think this is you, man. <laughs> yeah, I get you. Um, yeah, but I don't think there was anybody that I would second guess the casting. No, on no one else. Not in the in the you know theatrical movies. No, um, neither me neither. Um, and I I absolutely love Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. I'm one of those mm-hmm. people who will defend him to the death. Oh yeah, um, oh, yes. you're in good company. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I have no idea what they have in store in the future for him. Um, but you know. It, Anytime um, anyone who's ever doubted these castings, um, you know, once they actually see the movie, it turns out it's like, oh, actually, they were perfect. I see what they were going for now. So it's like, you know, you, you got to wait and see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking about the rest of the films, let's, uh, let's dial it back a bit or run the tape back. Can uh, we get a playback on that? Help, help me with these idioms. Am I, run, run the tape back. How to <laughs> play idiom. it back. Sydney, when's uh, kind of rewind. Yeah. <laughs> when uh when was the last time you saw Suicide Squad? Um, in its entirety, it was probably probably last year. Um, but I've seen it several times, so um, you know, rewatching these minutes here brought a lot back. But I saw it um I think two times in theaters, one on opening night and then a second time with a friend. Uh and then a few times when it came out on home video. The first time you just saw it by yourself? Uh, no, actually, I saw it with a friend. <laughs> um, it was this giant IMAX theater in Seattle, which is, you know, that's where I saw Batman v Superman, and that's probably one of the better theater experiences I've ever had. <laughs> it's yeah. amazing. Cool. And is there, like, anything you remember the most, like, your biggest takeaway from the film the first time you kind of saw it in theaters, like, the first um, two times? I really enjoyed it. And it's probably because, you know, midnight premiere, there's a lot of energy so everybody's really psyched to be there. And I remember a lot of scenes getting a really positive response from the audience. Like um, 
you know, where this minute we only saw sort of the end of that um, that whole Deadshot scene where he's showing mm-hmm. off his skills. Um, like that entire scene went over really well. People were cracking up when he says, you know, I'm, I'm going to need you to white people that shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so there was this incredible energy and I just thought the movie was incredibly fun. And so I was really excited to see it again with a friend and my friend, someone who's totally unfamiliar with comic book stories. She really liked it. Um, so I don't know. I, I've always, it's not the, the, the kind of movie that I analyze on as deep a level as say Batman v Superman, mm-hmm. but oh, yeah. I enjoyed it for what it was. And I think my, my view of it went down a bit, especially when it kind of came out like, oh, okay, here's what all the changes were. And David Ayer kind of confirmed what was changed or moved around. Mm-hmm. And so that was really disappointing. But then after I watched it again, my opinion went up. Cause I'm like, you know what, despite everything, it's still pretty cool. Yeah. I want to, I, I like when you were t- talking about the audience um, reception of, of, Oh some yeah. Of the scenes. That's Everyone like, was really into it. <laughs> yeah. That's like, so I really enjoy hearing things like that. Cause um, I didn't see this movie in theaters. And one of the things that I wanted that I feel like I missed out on was uh, later on in the film. We'll get to it, but it's when they're in the street and um, Deadshot just like takes over and he gets on top of the car and it's just left, right, left, right. Just like going, being Deadshot. Mm-hmm. And oh, in my yeah. mind, I was standing up and applauding. Like that was a standing <laughs> ovation for me. I was pointing. I said, this is Deadshot. Guy next to me. Hey, th- you watch it. This is Deadshot. He was I was watching in my at bed- home. There was no guy I was in my bedroom. There was nobody next to me. <laughs> so I'm cat. imagining. <laughs> hey, take a good look, Cal. This is how you do it. <laughs> I'm imagining that like that part would have, in my opinion, that should have gotten like the, yeah, all right. And I, mm-hmm. I missed, I feel like I missed out on things like that. So like hearing that audience really reviewed these parts, like the comedy aspects, that makes me feel good. Um, yeah, they did. Did. And, you know, for people who care about those things, you know, the, the movie made good money. It ended up being um, sort of a, like overperformed. It, it kind of reminds me of, you know, uh, you know, recently the, that movie would be Venom. Same thing. It, you know, it, it wasn't well received by critics, but it's clearly succeeding far beyond anyone's expectations. And it seems that a lot of the general audience really likes it. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's not a deep movie, but it's fun. Is it? Have you seen it? We haven't seen oh, it. Oh, yeah, I've as, seen it. As, as <laughs> the movie's out, so um, that's oh, good. Um, go see it. Okay. We'll go see it right now. Yeah. Hold on. No, not hit, hit stop on I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. Welcome back to Venom Minute. Yeah, neat flick. How was Venom? <laughs> we're going to talk about, uh, we should do just a minute-by-minute podcast that's just Tom Hardy with dogs. That's yeah. every oh. movie he's in. And then we'll just do that. It was cool. Probably we have to the... do that as a YouTube series so you can see the dog. Yeah, yeah. we went to the Penny Theater, so they just glued yeah. googly. And then we'll the do Venom. Dunkirk, so we can talk about Tom Hardy in dog fights. Dude, I, I'll <laughs> talk your ear off about that. <laughs> so we got this made. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, Tom Hardy have... for Suicide Squad too. As as uh, anyone, anyone, Bane, Catwoman, <laughs> yeah, I would. I mean, he is the only reason to rewatch that movie. I love him. But that Bane doesn't, I don't think he would don't work. You? No, no, no. That don't. Bane would not work good in this team. Oh, setting. yeah. He, he, no, he's, no. A, he's the lone villain. He's yeah. That's the smart Bane. He's a, no, he, yeah. he, he's definitely Nolan verse. Um, mm-hmm. DCEU Bane would be something very different. <laughs> something a little Luchador. bit more out there. Yeah. yeah. Luchador and like Spanish um, I think like, of, mercenary um, dude. Because we, were, I was thinking about this earlier, so I should should have said it. But we were talking about destabling governments, and I was like, that sounds like 
Young Justice mm-hmm. season one episodes where they were doing co- mm-hmm. covert op missions, and I see Bane that. was the villain. But I see Va- I see Bane being the t- the the adversary of them trying to destabilize this government. It's like you can't destabilize this government because it's already taken over by the like the whatever Bane's thing yeah. is. Um, Just like she's saying that Mafia was enlisted to mm-hmm. guard that government. It's like, what if they're already there and yeah. now you're just another terrorist group trying to fight another terrorist group for a government's control? And it's like, Bane is that guy. Suicide Squad 2, open up, team in Bialia, running out of warehouse. Where Bialia? That's where Bane is. Yeah, it's a country. It's a <laughs> DC country. So God. Bane is usually posted up there and uh, doing things. And Wait, that's the other one. Santa Prisco? Santa, yeah, yeah. You're We're right, going to write right, this right, movie, right, guys. Right, We're right. writing it. <laughs> We're doing it. it. Throw in some mala, and we're good, man. If brain was in it, yeah, I'd lose it. Um, that's all I got for this one. Uh, we got some good, some more good stuff tomorrow. But you guys have any uh, closing notes? Anything we didn't get to talk about before we wrap up? I have one comment, and it was about the, it. Kind of transfers over to the Rick Flag and Amanda Wall, and I feel mm-hmm. like I'm going to kick myself for not mentioning it. Um, pardon my vulgarity. But you remember in Man of Steel when Lois Lane was talking about measuring dicks? Mm-hmm. That's what's going on right now between them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, I guess out. yeah. To to add on to that, um, my my observation of this scene is, you know, Flag is trying to, he's not trying to talk back to her. He's trying to give her suggestions like, I have a team, you know, I know how to run this mission, and then she puts him in her, um, puts him in his place. So he thinks he's superior in rank. And you know, position, morality mm-hmm. to the squad, but in this situation, he's just like them. She has uh, something she can hang over his head. She has a way to coerce him to do what she wants. So he is in the same position as the rest of the squad. Yeah, I agree completely. I think this is one of the Rick Flag to me was one of the the weak points of the film, and still is in my opinion because it's it's hard to tell if I'm supposed to be cheering for this guy because he's normal in like a world full of freaks or mm. am I supposed to be like, no, they're normal. Mm-hmm. You're the freak in nature because you are Mr. America. Mm-hmm. Like you are like, I'm the white male hero. And it's like, yeah, but that's what's wrong here. Yeah, that like doesn't exist. <laughs> like you, like Amanda Waller is kind of like this diamond who's been made from the pressure of, you know, the government society, she's made her way up from nothing mm-hmm. and only using like her wits, her knowledge and her resources. And so it's like, Rick Flag, you embody what these people all hate. <laughs> and so I, it's like, yeah, I don't I know if I'm supposed to cheer for you. Mm-hmm. I think you're supposed to maybe pity him because the entire movie he tries to throw his weight around and basically fails i think where he shines is in the moments where he finally clicks with the rest of the squad yeah like when he embraces being one of them instead of you're right trying to be mr handsome white male hero (laughs) i think pity is definitely the best term that we can use to describe rick flag and how we're supposed (laughs) to be receiving him and i don't mean that in i mean it it is a negative thing to say but i don't mean it in like a jab i think that's what it's supposed to convey right yeah is that is that in any way um supposed to be like connecting with superman in this universe like does his oh. it, does who he is oh. is he like you're opening up doors man yeah because we <laughs> but ha- it's like it's we've like had tiny a super- doors yeah we've had a superman the in this world that you can who people did kind of see as and whether superman believed it 
America thought Superman was their mm-hmm. either hero yeah. or curse because he was here, right? Yeah, and so you have someone like Rick Flagg who is kind of like... Who's supposed to be, who th- quote unquote, Superman. Who thinks he yeah. might be like that. Truth, justice, and American way. Yeah, Superman. Well, exactly. That's probably how he sees himself. I don't think that's mm-hmm. how anyone in this universe sees him. Yeah. <laughs> Once yeah. again, I think he has a, a heightened opinion of himself that he's sorely disappointed to realize like nobody respects him. Yeah, there is a contrast there. Though. Yes. You're, you're right. You're absolutely right. I, um, think- this isn't, I, I know that Diablo isn't in any of our clips, but I think I remember I, I had a theory more that Diablo was kind of the Superman-esque character in this story. Um, I'd have to think about why, though. Once again, I didn't prepare anything because he's not in any of these minutes. I feel like I might be on my TED talk. (laughs) I feel like I might be on that same wavelength. Whereas, like Diablo is like the, uh, you know, he's got has all this power and he's Mm -hmm. afraid to use it and not afraid, but like is discouraged to use it, kind of thing. Like the Mm -hmm. Man of Steel Superman Mm -hmm. style. I get it. In the New Fifty Two, they were they were really pushing this like, oh, everyone, everyone on the Justice League has an opposite and. Or like an equal on mm-hmm. any other team, whether it was inverse, yeah. whether it was Justice Society of America or Justice League Dark or even Ooh. the Crime Syndicate. America, there was yeah. a Batman on the team. There was a Superman. There was a Flash, and so with Suicide Squad, um, Diablo is one of those like sleeper hit, like overpowered <laughs> people, right? Can we say that? <laughs> I don't know what they. <laughs> But like, <laughs> yeah, a lot like, of people liked him. Yeah, and so it's like, okay, so is he like Superman or is he like Cyborg? Because he's one of these like, like I don't want to use my powers, yeah. but once I do, it's, it's like, like, yo, you're OP. Yeah, it's yeah. OP, and it's like, I don't know. so he's one of those. He's definitely one of those. Yeah, um, he he comes into his full power, I think, when he finally embraces who he is and what he's fighting for. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty Superman esque or yeah. Cyborg esque. It's a yeah to me yeah that was, and yeah we don't have any minutes with Diablo but it was he was one of the best parts walking out of that movie it was like I thought I was not gonna like this character it ended up being so cool, and just you know everything about magic in this in this movie is is for the better. Um, yeah, it looks cool. Cool. Alrighty, guys, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up for today. If you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minute. And we also have a Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society, where you can chat with us, other listeners of the podcast, and other guests who have been on the show and tell us what you think about today's minute or any other minutes you're catching up on. And we'll catch you tomorrow for minute number 32 of Suicide Squad.